0: Good morning. Let's hear it for our worship band, could we? That was great. Good morning. Um, We're going to start this morning with our memory verse. We're in the last week of John 3.16 as our memory verse, so as you see, it'll just be the header this morning. Um, what, I, what we're going to do is I'll say it with you twice, and then the third time it'll be just you all. So um, if, you've been, if you've been working with us to memorize, um, we believe that's an important part of our spiritual growth as a congregation. Um, it's a helpful little tool. So I'll start us on the first two, and then on the last one I will start us, and I'll allow you to finish. Okay, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him... Shall not perish but have eternal life. All right. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All right. This one's just you. For God. All right. Great job. Give yourselves a hand. All right. So next week we'll be back with a new verse to start memorizing over the next few weeks. Um, I want to turn this morning to our scripture. It's from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Lord, we thank you for the ability to gather in your name, God. We pray that you would lead us throughout the rest of this service, Lord, that that your spirit would be upon us in a real way, God. Um, As Devin mentioned, we know that that this is a time that that you designed to be a time of celebration and of worship to you and the birth of your son, Lord. But we also know that this season brings sadness and broken hearts for some so we pray that that as we move throughout the rest of this morning and throughout the rest of this season lord that you would be with us that you would fill your fill our hearts with your spirit god allow us to be transformed allow um, the holy spirit and and your wisdom to to veil our eyes and and to allow us to see what you see lord and and allow us to to um, take on the challenges and and the tribulations that come with life and, and allow us to do so in your name lord we pray as we go throughout this season that you would uh, intervene on the fresh hurt in our hearts, Lord, um, surround the, the families of, of the Linmark community, God, and especially the families of J.C. and Oliver, Lord, we know that... Um, you're the doctor of all doctors and the healer of all healers. So we pray that you would that you would be with them right now, God. That you would be with their families and the entire community. And we pray that as we move throughout this this troubling season, Lord, that you would allow your healing spirit to be upon us and allow us to realize the love that you have for us, God. And that you're going to support us throughout this season. We pray that you would that you would take Kelsey's words this morning and you would transform them, God. Open our hearts and allow your spirit to fill them. We, we pray that, that her words and that the meditations of her heart would be holy and pleasing in your sight, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. My name is Kelsey DeRoos. I am the youth pastor here at uh, Marion Methodist. And uh, it is an exciting time. It is a Sunday after Christmas. And I have just one announcement for you all. Uh, This Wednesday, adult discipleship, as uh, Jen was talking about, our children discipleship and our youth discipleships begin. So uh, we would love for you to join us on Wednesday evenings to take a class, um, to volunteer with the youth or to volunteer with children. Uh, But Wednesday, Wednesday, we are beginning back up. And with it being uh, the Sunday after Christmas, today is a day that is celebrated and observed in many churches. I don't know if you guys know what the specialness or the excitement about this day. I'm very excited about it. And I've even written a special poem. So if you guys would open your ears and listen to this day, and I've contemplated sharing it with us. So uh, listen to this poem. It was the Sunday after Christmas, and all through the church... Not a senior pastor around, not even the worship pastor. (laughs) I need to work on it a little bit and perfect it, but I think that I can get it published because today, welcome to Youth Pastor Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, Uh uh-huh. All over, there are senior pastors and associate pastors and worship pastors taking vacation. So it's us youth pastors' turn. We get to step up into the pulpit today. Next year, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get all of us youth pastors together and we're just going to write one outline, one scripture, one thing and just preach it all over and use the idea that we're preaching the same word the whole time, right? (laughs) Amen. Today, this passage of scripture is one I wish I would have collaborated or used other youth pastors to think about because it's an interesting part of the Advent story. It's not talked about often. It's not Really dwelled too much upon Mary and Jace- Mary and Joseph are taking their newborn baby Jesus to the temple to observe Levitical and ri- ritualistic laws of purification and and then they meet Simeon and Anna who end up being blessed by baby jesus and so I was praying on this passage and there's a lot of things to do with Levitical and ritualistic laws, and I was like, should we get into that the Sunday after Christmas? And I said yes at first, and then Mike told me no, and so <laughs> I decided to talk about you guys. So let's talk about you guys. Let's talk about New Year's resolutions, right? That's, what, that's what's going through a lot of people's heads. That's what's on our minds today. That's what's on society's minds as 2019 is a few days away. So... I thought I would find the top 10 New Year's resolutions. The first one, lose weight, eat healthy. Okay? Second one, improve yourself or improve your life. Third one, better financial decisions. Quit smoking. Do more exciting things, whatever that means. Spend more time with family or close friends. Work out more often. Who has ever made that before? Amen. Uh, learn something new on my own. Do more good deeds for others. And my favorite, find the love of your life. <laughs> it's a good resolution, right? We all make these huge lofty goals, and I've probably made a few of those up there to, for my New Year's resolutions, but listen to this. Statistically speaking, only 9.2% of us will actually achieve our resolutions, okay? 9.2% of us will actually achieve our resolutions. I'm going to show you what this looks like. So I'm going to have everyone in the front row stand up, and then everyone in the second row stand up, you too, all of you guys. Now, I want everyone but Tyler Hungate to sit down. He is the only one who's going to achieve his resolution. And not even all of him, just a part of him, (laughs) is going to achieve the resolution, that's what it looks like. That's what, you can sit down, thanks Tyler. Only 9.2% of us actually achieve our resolution. So part of Tyler is the chosen one. These are lofty goals that we set on ourselves. These are high goals that we expect ourselves to meet. And then we falter and we fail and we get sad because we want our lives better but we think about all the reasons why we fail, it can be boiled down to one thing. We lack motivation to motivate ourselves. We can't motivate ourselves to be better people. I can't remember the last time that I actually made one of these resolutions because while they sound magical and awesome and working out every day sounds great and getting healthier sounds great, the idea behind them is surrounded by so much failure. There's so much failure surrounded by New Year's resolutions that I just can't get myself excited about making one and then failing again. It's hard to motivate ourselves to change our lives, to change our daily habits. And if we look about the resolutions in the past, and we look at what we have made, who is leading us and making these resolutions? Who's leading us and completing these resolutions? we look it's us we're leading ourselves to be better we're trying to make ourselves better and if we're honest or if I'm honest it's hard to lead myself anywhere I look at my house and I look at all the piles of to do sticky notes that are sitting on my counters of all the things I need to do the drawers and the closets I need to clean out amen or all the Christmas presents from a one and a three-year-old that are sitting in my living room that I have no place to do. I can't motivate myself to always put those away. So how can I motivate myself? Sometimes we just forget or we lose motivation. And honestly, if I'm talking, sometimes I just want a night of watching Netflix, eating some chips and salsa and some cookies, right? Right? But Jesus, what Jesus says in the Bible, what he says about us in Matthew 9 in the NLT version, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's me. I'm confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. That's you guys. We're confused and we're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We need a shepherd. We can't be the shepherd of our own lives. If we are, we're just going to keep walking in circles and keep putting more sticky notes down and keep filling that junk drawer and that junk linen closet. So resolutions are great. It's great to set goals for ourselves if you can stick to them. But this year, this next year, in two days, 2019 starts. So I'm asking you, would you consider making a different resolution this year? would you consider making a different resolution? One where you follow the one who yearns, the one who yearns to lead you. The one where you choose Jesus wherever he takes you. The one where you follow him by seeking after him every single day. Choosing his will and what he wants, seeking after his heart Following the Holy Spirit, wherever the Holy Spirit leads you, it just comes down to one simple sentence. Just following him. Like helpless and lost sheep who are going to follow their shepherd. It sounds simple, and we always say that we want to follow Jesus, or we do follow Jesus. We say this simple sentence. But the idea of following Jesus is kind of like the idea of an iceberg you look, uh, look at this iceberg, if you were on a boat and you came up to it, you'd see this huge iceberg. And you choose that iceberg, but you also choose what's beneath it. Choosing to follow Jesus is kind of like an iceberg. You choose this little piece, but there's so much more in store beneath your choice. Ch- when you choose to follow Jesus, it changes everything about you or it should it should change your desires it should change your habits it should change who you love what you do what you say your daily lives it should change every single thing about you one simple choice changes everything about your life and if we choose to follow Jesus how many of us do you think would steal, would stick with it Would it just be 90% of Tyler in here that would stick to it? Would it just be that 9.2% of people that would stick to it? The thing that we need to realize when we make resolutions or when we choose to do something, resolutions take time and they take growth. Resolutions take time and they require growth with inside you. We have to adapt and change our lives to stick to these resolutions. But it's so hard to do that in a society that wants immediate gratification, immediate change, and immediate results. We don't have time to wait for growth. We just want to get on our phone and we want to find it and we want to do it and we want to make all these plans and never, never carry it out. Resolutions take time and they take growth. Letting Jesus lead your life is not an immediate thing. For the majority of people, it's a process. For the majority of people, it's a process. Being in ministry, you hear so many people's testimonies on how they gave their lives to Jesus, or how they encountered Jesus, or how they chose Jesus. But it's just that. It's a testimony of how you chose him. But behind those moments, behind those choices, there's so much growth that needs to happen behind it. Before my choice or before my testimony that where I chose to follow Jesus or I chose God, I could have been considered a good Christian. I was going to church every week. I was sitting in the pews. I had an amazing relationship with my youth pastor. I was volunteering with the youth group. But I wasn't reading my Bible every day. I wasn't depending on God to lead my life. And then there was a moment, like many people have, a moment in my life where I went to a Christian retreat and went to Chrysalis and I experienced the unconditional love of Jesus Christ for the very first time. Or at least for the first time that I actually heard it. I had that choice. I made that choice, but my life didn't instantly change. I had to make choices, and I had to go through a process to continue my relationship with Jesus. I had to go through daily rituals in my life to continue that relationship. I had to view church differently. It's not something I just get up for on Sunday morning, stand in the, stand in the pews or the church, and just look and Listen. Church is an active participation of me devoting my life to my Lord and Savior and me worshiping him with other believers. I had to change my attitude on church. I had to change my attitude about prayer, about reaching out to my Savior and grasping him and wanting him a part of my life. And the only way that I can do that is by talking to him. And I had to read my Bible. Because if I wanted to know who my Savior was, if I wanted to know this guy who loved me unconditionally, I had to read about him. I had to read what he wanted for my life. I had to know him. And I had to follow him wherever he took me. Wherever he took my family, wherever he uprooted us, wherever God wanted me, I had to sit in silence and I had to listen for his will. Before I made the choice to follow Jesus, I hadn't done any of these things. But since I have, I do these things on a daily basis so I can further my process and my relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to develop a relationship to create a relationship. You have to to develop the relationship to create the relationship because the big change that needs to happen in your life is that you have to make a seat change. You have to move a seat over and change the person who the leader is in your life. You have to take the co-pilot chair so God can take the pilot chair. You can't sit there and try and pilot your life and look to God when you want him to do something for you and then look back and pilot yourself. You have to let God take you and let him lead you. The purpose of choosing Jesus is defining who the actual leader in your life is. Jesus. Jesus is our leader. Jesus is the leader who came to this world as a baby. He came here as a baby. And we look at the scripture that he read, we read today. He's a baby. He could have come as a, a teenager or an adult but he came as a baby because he knew that we needed to follow a leader who has experienced what we experienced, who has experienced temptations, saw struggles and strife and death and tiredness, and he showed us that it's possible as a human to fully devote our lives to Jesus Christ. He did it as a human. The disciples did it as a human. And if we look in this scripture, there's four people who did it as a human as well. Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna. Anna was a prophet who spent her days at the temple. We don't know exactly what she was doing, but we know that she fully devoted her life to Jesus Christ. And Simeon, Simeon was a righteous and devout man who awaited the the arrival of Jesus and the Holy Spirit was leading everything in his life, and the Holy Spirit said to Simeon, you will encounter the Messiah before you die. He said that, and so Simeon waited, and he waited, and he waited for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Anna and, so, and Simeon waited, and they prayed, and they were obedient to God. And get this, get this. Simeon and Anna saw God's salvation, not because they were born at the right time and lived at the right time. They saw God's salvation because they followed the Holy Spirit, which led them to experience their Savior. See, Jesus didn't do any miracles in front of them. Jesus didn't heal the blind. He didn't make the the paralyzed walk. Jesus was a baby. He was a baby who was swaddled in cloths. We, We talk about the Savior, but he was a baby. He was a human newborn infant who could probably not even hold his head up straight. The Savior of the world could not hold his head up straight, but, Mas- but Simeon and Anna encountered the Messiah. Then they knew who God was because they knew the Spirit had led them to encounter their Savior. They encountered their Savior because they knew who God was, and they devoted their life. That's why they saw the Savior in the little baby, because of their devotion to God. These people's daily lives revolved around following the ritual observances that God commanded them to do. Prayer, worship, reading about him, talking to him, talking to others about him, devoting their entire life to Christ. They encountered the Savior because they made God the leader in their life. They encountered the Savior because they made God the leader in their every day ritual observances. God led them in their life. He was their pilot. Wherever he said go, they went. Wherever he wanted them to go, wherever he told the Holy Spirit to lead them, they went. Because God was theirs every day. Every day God was their leader. Every day. So I ask you, in today in your everyday, and your daily, who is leading your everyday life? Who is leading your everyday life? Is it you? Are you navigating where you need to go today? Do you, have your, do you have everything mapped out where you need to go? Or is it God? Is God the leader in your everyday life? Would you even want him to be the leader in your everyday life? Would you want him to take control and you just sit next to him and let him take it? The last question, take a look at your daily lives. Are there ritual observances, things you do in your everyday life that are a part of your daily life? Are there ritual observances in your life? I take a look at all the, uh, the crazy, wonderful, uh, flossing kids in Sunday school because they floss. I can't. They tried to teach me, and I made a a fool of myself. But the kids in our Sunday school, and they, they go and they play, and they learn Bible stories, but as soon as their teacher says, let's pray, you'll see the majority of them clasp their hands, bow their heads, and close their eyes. As soon as the teacher says, let's pray. When you think about it, These kids are only here one to two hours a week. They're really only in this building one to two hours a week. They're in school more than they're here at church. They didn't learn this here. Kids know how to pray because it's an everyday thing at home. Kids know how to pray because it's an everyday thing in your home. Because you guys set the standard for your family for prayer. You pray before meals, you pray before bedtime, and you know what? If you're in the middle of of playing, you just drop to your knees in prayer because you need to pray to your Savior. That's how your kids know how to pray, because of you guys. You set the standards in your daily lives. I've mentioned this before, but every night, Brinley gets to read Bible, as she calls it. She gets to go on the YouVersion Bible app and there's kids' plans and she reads two to three devotions a night. She's more hardcore than I am some days. Um, But she loves it. And when I was in Haiti, she actually got to do the the devotion that was 1 Timothy 4.12. And I was so excited for her and Ben actually sent me a video and she recited the whole verse. The simplified version that they do in the app, but still, the whole verse. And she knew it. And she even did the yay little jump after what they always do when they read the Bible. And Gwen Erb, she's been in our nursery for the past month, showed me a few weeks ago when I was in there that Brindley knows exactly where the, cl- the nursery Bible is, and she knows what to do with it. She knows what to, how to read it, and she knows when it's time. She knows the Bible. She knows that we recite scripture because Ben and I have this daily ritual observance of reciting scripture and reading scripture every night. We're allowing that the spirit to lead us every day in our everyday ordinary experiences so that we will experience the Savior and so that she will follow him and experience him too. And she will choose him as her Savior. And she will choose those daily ritual observances for herself. Guys, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit will lead you to your Savior. We look at Simeon. The Holy Spirit led him to his Savior. But if he wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit, if he wasn't listening and following the Holy Spirit... What if he had encountered Jesus? That's a troubling question for me to think about because if I think about it for myself, if I'm not following the Savior and I'm not following the Holy Spirit, will I encounter Jesus? The Holy Spirit will lead us to our Savior. So this year, one resolution to follow the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you wherever you go. Let him show you the daily rituals that you need to include in your life. I talked about the version Bible app. There's, the only, there's plans for adults. There's plans to dig deeper into your Bible so you can make it an occurrence. And I even hear about all the youth and myself. There's a, a what do I call it, a A streak. It was kind of like a snapshot streak of how many days you read the Bible in a year. And at one of our Sunday night small groups, two of the guys said they both had read it for 111 days. But being in your Bible every day, knowing Scripture and learning, and learning about God. Or we even did one today, our memory verses. We, we recite Scripture so we know God and we have it with us. Because we believe scripture is important to us. We have John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, with God, and the word was God. Or Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and make your paths straight. Or Micah 6.8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, to walk mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We say these every day, so they're part of our every day. We pray at meals, and we include prayer in our lives. So we are talking to God every day. We're making him a part of our daily lives. And one that is oftentimes awkward, one, oftentimes awkward but important is retreating into silence, turning off your phone, turning off music, turning off the TV, and just going into silence to listen for the Spirit. It may be awkward, and I can guarantee you it probably will be awkward for the first 20 minutes you do it. But choosing to follow Jesus is a growth thing, remember? It's not an immediate thing. And as soon as you do this more and you listen for the Spirit and you retreat into his presence, you'll start hearing him throughout your day. And the moments where you stay still, you'll start hearing him. You don't have to wait the 20 minutes anymore. He'll start speaking to you every day. He'll be guiding and leading your life. See, we as Marian Methodists, we desire to be a church that seeks after Jesus Christ, a church that desires to make disciples. But the only way we can do that is if we take this next seat over and we let God pilot our lives. Because if we pilot them, this will be a church led by us, not by Jesus. We have to be a church that chooses to let God be the leader, not ourselves. Because we can't lead ourselves anywhere. We're helpless and confused sheep. Something new that we're doing in 412 this past year is we've been doing themes for a semester. And I'm doing these themes so that they can get, they can repeat something every week so that they can instill it in their everyday life. This past semester, we've been doing a theme of community and of building and lifting each other up so that they know they are one body. And so we've been praying for each other every week and we've been learning in their names, and we've been asking what their prayer requests are. I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert that they're going to learn on Wednesday. The next theme is unashamed. Unashamed of what it means to be 412, to set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. To be unashamed of the gospel, and to be unashamed of their faith. They're actually going to be challenged every week once a week, to make a post on social media about their faith. Every week. These things that they do, the 412 students have to make a conscious choice to follow Jesus and devote their lives to it. We all have to make a conscious choice to to follow Jesus and to devote our lives to him. It's all about devotion. It's all about choosing him. Daily ritual observances of our faith is simply just allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your life, to find the Holy Spirit, to identify God working in your everyday life. We have to see God as a part of our everyday life. We have to preach the, the word and the scripture and the, the gospel to us. We have to say John three sixteen and over and over again, not to others, but to ourselves. So we can realize what the power of the gospel is every day. The power of John 3.16. Because when we devote ourselves and we revolutionize our faith, we change. There's a guy I knew in high school. I actually graduated with him. And he was not an outspoken Christian in high school. And if you even took a look at him, you probably wouldn't know that he was a Christian. But he talked about going to church and going to youth group. But as he grew, and we, we grew up, and we, I noticed that he started reading his Bible more. And he started praying. And as he went through college, he made God more of a priority, and he started going to church. And he started hanging out with Christian friends. And I graduated high school about eight years ago, but now he's, he's a leader at his youth group. He's going to church every week. He is making the gospel a part of his life, and he just got engaged. And he's putting God first in his life. Back when we were in high school, I wouldn't have called him a Christian, but now I see him boldly standing unashamed and proclaiming Jesus as a Savior, as reading the Bible, as sharing uh, insight on social media is having friends who are lifting him up in the spirit and friends who are holding him accountable for his actions. And if we can see a guy in Iowa grow in his faith, and I'm sure you guys all know somebody who you've watched grow in their faith. If you look at someone and they have a faith, and then you look at them and see the iceberg behind them, the depth and the richness of their faith that comes through daily ritual observances because they devote their life to God. We all want that too. My faith and this guy's faith is so much more than you see it. So much more than what meets the eye. You don't see us reading the Bible every day, praying every day, getting on our knees in prayer at our homes. But you see our faith outwardly. And I hope and I pray for that for each and every one of you. That your faith will be so much more than what I look at you it is. That there will be this huge iceberg underneath that builds a strong foundation of your faith. And that you will realize the gospel in your everyday life and let it transform you. Amen. I welcome the ushers forward uh, for a time of offering to God.